Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back. To Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Archbishop Fulton Sheen rejoins the program today. Okay, okay, well, sort of. Sort of. I know he's been dead a very long time. God rest, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. However, Al Smith is going to be on the program, and he has been republishing Fulton Sheen's work now for several years. He's been traveling and uh, and spreading the good news about the life and the work of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And he is going to be on our program again today because he has a brand new book out um, where he has uh, published with Sophia Institute Press uh, a set of work from Fulton Sheen on the sacraments and on marriage. We're going to be having that conversation at 35 past the hour with uh, Al Smith on Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Also in the news, uh, there's a new study out uh, from Massachusetts. And according to this new study, this is from the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. According to this new study, 74% of COVID cases uh, from Massachusetts outbreak occurred in fully vaccinated people. We may get into that story. Um there's a ton of stories, actually, that I would like to talk about, if possible, in the What's Concerning Us. Chinese officials forcibly removing crosses and erase Emmanuel from Christian fishing boats. But victims say government didn't do the same to the other religions. Pinpointing Christians in China is a problem. The UK uh, government calls for a national list of homeschool children. I wonder why. Hmm. LifeSite News reports on that. We can discuss that. But also, according to the uh, to uh, Bree Dale, she has been able to verify. We we talked about this yesterday. Verify the Archdiocese of New York has issued that memo we read live on the radio yesterday, uh, where the priests in that diocese are forbidden from issuing religious exemptions to their parishioners who do not want to be mandated, who do not want to be forced to have to take the vaccine or other things. So that is a major concern. So lots to talk about in the news and in our conversation with Al Smith on Fulton Sheen. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Are you responsible for all this negative news? <laughs> no. Pretty, I think you are. I have a I, feeling like there's you no are correlation. The, you are the wizard behind the curtain. No? Mm-mm. No okay. correlation, no. All right. Well, good for you then. Praise be to God. Uh, but there's a lot going on in the news today. There is. There's There's so much news today. I was trying to fit it all in. Um, but uh, yes, uh, I will be adding the links to the social media feeds as well. So if you would like to have access to it, you can go on later to our YouTube video or our Facebook feed and um, you can search for it. It'll be in the live chat box. Amen. Amen. All right. Speaking of live and chatty, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, you could blame me. I think I'll take I'll take credit for the okay. uh, all the bad news. Hey, now I'm writing mm-hmm. that down. Uh, yeah. Adrian Fonseca, responsible for everything bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take credit for it. Or blame, whatever, blame. however, whatever your whatever your perspective is on it, uh, <laughs> including, including the uh-huh. fact that uh-huh. our YouTube video with uh, yeah. Christopher Ferrara <laughs> yeah. got taken down because we mentioned the V word, the V uh, word, the V well, word, the vaccines. <laughs> Ooh, scary. That, his conversation was about um, our legal rights uh, in a mandate situation. 
Um, and uh, it was a very powerful conversation. I, I got immediate feedback from some listeners that really appreciated us having that conversation. Unfortunately, our, our tech overlords do not allow us to uh, go outside the script on that. So Less than 45 minutes yeah. after it was published, it got taken down. That's Less fun. than 45 minutes. Now, we did post that to Rumble. Yep. Now, for, for all three of you on Rumble, okay, <laughs> that video is now available. You yep. can watch that, uh, the full extent, non-censored, praise be to God. Now, for the other 7 billion human beings on the planet uh, who aren't on Rumble, um, it's, a, it's a site. You could go there. It's rumble.com, right? I believe so. Yeah, and then you can you can actually watch the videos that we, we post there. Uh, and if you did, that would be amazing. Praise be to God. Um, you're supposed to rumble them. I, don't, I have I still, no idea what that means. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I still have yeah. no idea what rumble what rumbling is. I feel like it's a share, but I have no clue. Is it a share or no is it idea. a like, like on Twitter? No idea. Like a heart or something. <laughs> we have no idea. But it is there. Nonetheless, we post them there. And this is a prime example why we have to, because we aren't allowed to have certain conversations on on these social platforms, which, by the way, reminds me to say, let's give God praise for radio, for Catholic radio, because on Catholic radio, we get to have these conversations. We can discuss the difficult topics that the tech overlords don't allow. Uh, give God praise. The sad part is more and more people are leaving radio dials and they're going to strictly digital. But just realize what you're getting yourself into. The more digital you go, the less freedom of conversation you're going to have. Give God praise for Catholic Radio and tune in to your, your Guadalupe Radio Network or Station of the Cross radio station and support the local radio station. Make a contribution. Ensure that they keep the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic Radio Waves flowing across your community and beyond. It's super important. All right, let's dive in. We're going to have a great show today. Al Smith is going to be our guest. Looking forward to that and a lot to discuss. Let's jump into this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janelle A. Today is Tuesday, August 3rd. Here are some headlines from Church Militant. NAC Vice Rector resigns. Father Adam Park sued over homosexual cover-up steps down. Bishop admits to shuffling predators. Bishop Hubbard didn't report abusers to police. Internet personality incest. Chris Chin arrested for allegedly raping his elderly mother. And cross-dressing Muppet babies, Gonzo transformed into a princess. No vaccine, no entry. New York governor discriminates against the unvaccinated. Europeans protest vax mandate. Protests rage across Europe. In other news, Pope names new members to Academy of Sciences. Plans for a synod on synodality underway. U.S. troop withdrawal poses new challenges to Afghanistan's Christians. Manila's Catholic Diocese cancel public masses amid rise in COVID-19 cases. New York Archdiocese warns priests not to grant religious vaccine exemptions. And I know it's the first hour of the show, but here's some good news from the Catholic News Agency. 
Archbishop Cordeline schedules monthly traditional Latin Mass at Cathedral. Reported by Crooks, Pope Francis and Cardinal Sarah address pilgrims in Medjugorje. Often placed on opposite sides of the spectrum by those who see the church under the lens of politics and ideology, Pope Francis and Cardinal Robert Seurat were the protagonists of an unexpected coincidence Sunday. Both addressed 50,000 youth gathered in the site of an alleged Marian apparition. Francis made himself present in Mechigori through a message signed on July 29th, but which was read by the papal representative in Bosnia on Sunday before Seurat, the former head of the Vatican's liturgical office, celebrated the opening Mass for the August 1st through the 6th youth gathering. Mechigori has long been a bone of contention for many Catholics, since it's at the center of an alleged ongoing Marian apparition that reportedly began in 1981. As a general policy, the Vatican doesn't rule on these events while they were still going on, but the small town in Bosnia, Herzegovina, has been a massive pilgrimage site. The Argentine pontiff relatively settled the issue in May 2019, after several studies commissioned by both Francis and his immediate predecessor failed to give a conclusive, affirmative or negative answer regarding origin of the phenomenon. While ordering a continuous examination of the alleged apparitions, he gave the green light for Catholics to organize pilgrimages to Medjugorje. When it comes to phenomenons of apparitions, whether of Christ, his mother, or some saints, the Vatican is always extremely cautious, being hesitant about issuing any official endorsements. I'm Janale, and those are your headline news for Tuesday, August 3rd. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Frederico Lopez y Lopez. He was born on the 16th of November, 1878 in Secorum, Josca, Spain. He worked at a number of jobs and positions as a young adult, all the while feeling a call to religious life. In 1906, he finally said yes and joined the Franciscan Friars Minor Conventual at their convent in Granollers, Spain. He studied at the Franciscan Seminary in Granollers and then in Osimo, Italy, where he made his solemn profession in 1911. He took the name Alfonso. He was ordained a priest in 1911 and was apostolic penitentiary confessor at the Shrine of Loreto from 1912 to 1915. He was a teacher, spiritual director, and novice master at the Ganoleres convent from 1915 to 1936. One of his novices was blessed Eugenio Ramon Salvador, who died with him. He had a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and was known as a great example to and leader of novices. He was martyred in the Spanish Civil War. He was shot in the evening of the 3rd of August, 1936, in San Malos, Barcelona, Spain. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Federico Lopez y Lopez. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 2 and 10 through 14. Some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat a meal. He summoned the crowd and said to them, Hear, and understand, it is not what enters one's mouth that defiles the man, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles one. Then his disciples approached and said to him, 
Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He said in reply, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to thank Verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our gospel reflections, making it easy for us to dive deep into it very fast. Verboom, that's with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you. Um, Haydock's commentary today was very good. I really liked and enjoyed reading through Haydock's commentary, getting to the heart of the matter super fast. He also quotes the early church fathers along the way, so praise be to God about that. He makes these distinctions that uh, the differences between uh, the traditions that the Pharisees were following, traditions of their elders that did not follow the actual law of God laid down. So they veered away from God's law, and they went down their own path. This is the distinction our Lord is trying to make here. In fact, he would say the tradition of the ancients, they do not say the written law, which did not prescribe the washing of hands, cups, pots, beds, etc. These traditions came only from the doctors of the law who were called elders. So notice where is the foundation of these traditions. That's an important point because God does not throw out the baby with the bathwater. He does not get rid of all tradition. Sometimes we might find critics of the Catholic faith who will try to make this argument as though all traditions are being done away with by our Lord. That is not the case. It is the foundation of that tradition that matters. It must be found in the command, the law of God. But here's the deal. This is the real nuance of what's going on here that Hadock points out. He says, quote, no uncleanness in meat, nor any dirt contracted by eating it with unwashed hands can defile the soul, but sin alone or disobedience of the heart to the ordinance of the will of God. And thus, when Adam took the forbidden fruit, it was not the apple which entered into his mouth, but the disobedience to the law of God which defiled him. That is an important point. He goes on to make examples that when we break the law of God, we are defiling ourselves. If we break the laws of abstinence and and charity, we defile ourselves. Let's pay attention to the root of those traditions and hold fast to the traditions that were handed on. Amen. Praise be to God. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need mercy. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Yesterday, you might remember, we read an article for you, uh, a a memo. Uh, Bree Dale had been reporting it on her Twitter feed. We read it to you directly. It was a memo, allegedly out of the Archdiocese of New York, which basically said that they would not be issuing any letters of religious exemption for any parishioner in the, in, in the archdiocese, no matter what, when it came to mandated vaccines and all of that, which we find very troubling, given the fact that we live in a day and age where conscience is used and thrown around quite a bit, that one cannot act in contrary to one's conscience, and that's very true, and yet there seems to be no, no, uh, no support for the conscience of those parishioners that would, that would be uh, having an issue with this and would want a religious exemption. Well, it has been confirmed. I said it was alleged because it wasn't confirmed yesterday, but it has been since confirmed. Bree Dale confirmed it. Uh, Catholic Culture here is reporting it. Uh, New York Archdiocese priests cannot support Catholics who resist COVID vaccine. So uh, this has been, in fact, confirmed. And again, I find that uh, incredibly troubling. You can find this article over on CatholicCulture.com. Here's another interesting article in, uh, in regards to these conversations. This is one out of the Epic Times. And, you know, recently, uh, Dr. Fauci and the CDC had, uh, were revising their mask mandates. Part of the reason why they revised those mask mandates was based on some studies. Now, they didn't tell you specifically which studies, but it turns out that this was one of them that they consulted in regards to their mask mandates, their new policy. And this is a report out of the Morbidity and Morale, Mortality Weekly Report, July 30th, 2021. And uh, the Epic Times summarizes it. So 74% of COVID-19 cases from Massachusetts outbreak occurred in fully vaccinated people, according to this study. A COVID-19 outbreak in Massachusetts County uh, in July primarily occurred among vaccinated people, sparking fears that a variant of the CCP virus can impact the population more than other strains. Of the 469 cases detected in Barnstable County, 74% occurred among the fully vaccinated, according to a new study published on Friday. Uh, The genomic sequencing of 133 patients showed most of them were infected with the Delta variant of the CCP virus. The bulk of the infected people did not require hospital care, praise be to God. But among the, the five that did, among the five that did, four were fully vaccinated. The study published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, helped drive agency officials to change masking guidance. CDC officials announced Tuesday that even vaccinated persons should wear masks indoors and an abrupt shift from under three months ago. I find, and you can read this, and what they're also doing in this article is they're correlating uh, the July 3rd, July 4th celebrations that were happening in the county some massive, uh, you know, large gatherings of people. They're correlating that, like as a super spreader events, 
And so there you go. But the fascinating point is 74% of those that were infected were in fact fully vaccinated, which I think is part of the conversation about why the, uh, these, max, these vaccination mandates are um, overreaching and why there could be a case, uh, not according to the Archdiocese of New York apparently, but why there could be a case that there are faithful who have a, uh, who have a conscience and that they do not want to receive this vaccination uh, because, because of the obvious. So I don't want to say more than that because the tech oligarchs do not allow us to have conversations off script. So anyway, you should check it out. Go to Epic Times. You'll find the article there. It's been reported elsewhere. You could find it elsewhere if you'd like. The actual report uh, we will link to on our social feeds, by the way. Uh, this is the Center for Disease Control Prevention, Morbidity, and Mortality weekly report. I'll link to it in, uh, in the, uh, the social feeds so you can see it for yourself. Uh, here's an interesting article. Chinese officials forcibly remove crosses, erase Emmanuel from Christian fishing boats. Victims say government did not do the same to other religions. We've seen this in the past. Um, uh, Chinese persecution of Christians, it's not new. It's not, I mean, it's obvious. But I think it goes to the fact that we can sometimes forget what's going on around the world. And we need to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters in China who are having to live under these circumstances. The article says the Chinese government has long been known to be hostile to Christianity and other religions. Now, the dictatorship is going after Christian Chinese fishermen. Beijing, Beijing's particular disdain for Christianity has not subsided, even after the U.S. government has repeatedly opened up trade opportunities with the communist country using the reasoning that American interest will influence the brutal authoritarian Sino-government and blunt its anti-Western, anti-God agenda. Assumed Western impact on the communist regime has not played out the way trade advocates predicted. Consider how Chinese strongmen Xi Jinping and previous leaders have treated religiously observant citizens whose belief threatens the ideology of the regime from Uyghur Muslims to the Christian faithful. Fulong Gong has also taken a big hit. The government's treatment of Christians has been going on for years, a few recent examples. In the summer of 2019, Xi and his local re religion monitors shut down faith venues based on the idea that the number of, uh, number of believes cannot be allowed to continue growing. I'm guessing that means believers. It's probably a typo there. Reports surfaced in April that Chinese officials are detaining Christians in windowless transformation facilities and using brainwashing to try to get them to renounce their faith. In late 2018, the government cracked down on unregistered religious organizations and committed raids on numerous churches. Three years ago, China banned online sales of the Bible while continuing to allow outlets like Amazon to sell Muslim, Taoist, and Buddhist texts. Last summer, the government ordered Christians to replace crosses and images of Jesus with portraits of communist leaders. Mm, that goes back to Mao. That was one of his techniques. In May, the Communist Party instituted a nationwide crackdown on Christianity and shut down Christian-based apps. The, the article goes on. Again, you can read it. It's based uh, out of the blaze. And uh, I highly recommend that you get familiar with the, uh, the, the ongoing drama for Christians, unfortunately, in communist China. Let's pray for them. It would be nice if the, uh, the Pope, maybe the 
Vatican could speak out against this persecution of Christians there. That'd be wonderful. Um, here's an interesting article that was sent to me right before the show start by Janelle. Uh, LifeSite News reports the UK government calls for a national list of homeschooled children. Now, I homeschool. My wife, well, mostly my wife, but my wife and I homeschool our kids. We have for a very, very long time. And uh, we appreciate the state in which we live currently for their homeschool laws. The state we lived previously had a little bit more stricter laws. They weren't too terrible, but they, they were harder than where we are currently living. We enjoy the freedom to educate our children according to our conscience and our religious belief. And um, so we can appreciate that. But with the 2020 lockdown, homeschooling skyrocketed because schools shut down. Kids were being homeschooled for the first time uh, in many countries around the world in vast numbers. And now they're realizing that that could be, an, that could be a problem. So here's a little bit of the article out of LifeSite News on this issue. It says, interest in homeschooling has surged over the last years as lockdowns face mask mandates and social distancing combined with teachers' unions' efforts to keep schools closed have damaged the public school offerings. And it's not just in America. In the United Kingdom, more than 40,000 students were formally removed from public schools from September the 2020 to April 2021, almost double the average from previous years. And that has alarmed lawmakers there to the point members of parliament now are demanding a national registry of all students who school outside the system. The BBC reports a committee of lawmakers is demanding that national list of children to remove an unacceptable level of opaqueness. Hmm. Who gets to decide that standard, I wonder? What is an unacceptable level of opaqueness? I wonder. Hmm. The report said that Commons Education Committee claims it is important to, quote, get a grip, unquote, on the number of students being educated outside of government control. Did you see that? Outside of government control. You know, I don't know where you live, dear listener, or what state you live in. Most, I mean, the vast majority of our listeners are in the United States, but we do have listeners outside of this country for sure. Praise be to God for it. But I don't know where you live or what the rules are, the laws are, where you live. But as the church teaches quite clearly, the parents are the primary educators of their children. And we should have the freedom and flexibility to ensure that our children are not brainwashed through government control. And it, this is a, a very troubling thing to see these governments. And I know that there are many states in the United States that have been pressuring homeschoolers as a result. That's gotten even worse over the last year. They want to ensure that the right level of education is being given, especially when it comes to uh, human reproductive science and ethics and morality, critical race theory, and other major issues. They don't want uh, these kids to be uh, taught about the dignity of the human person from conception, the dignity of marriage between a man and a woman. You know, they, these things are, are troubling for many many state governments, many federal, uh, federal institutions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a concerning story. Where it goes in UK, it won't be long before we see it on our shores as well. Uh, this was an interesting story from a couple of days ago. Our Sunday visitor reports, a New Jersey Archdiocese says it has requested but not yet received data analysis. Now, what this article is talking about, you might recall, I think it was, was it last week we reported the pillar uh, uh, report on the uh, hookup apps. I think it was last week. I think we discussed that last week. So here's the deal, just to remind you, um, the pillar 
Thepillar.com, I believe, is their website. They, they did an investigative report. They purchased legally the data from hookup sites, hookup apps. They hired a third-party consultancy to verify the information. Then when they had their findings, when they knew that there were certain people, uh, clergymen who are using their cell phones and hookup apps to have liaisons, sexual liaisons, they actually went to these people before they published anything to discuss what they had found, not to blackmail, but to give them an opportunity to form a response, to have you know, to have a response before anything went public. They did that not only at the USCCB, they also went to the Vatican and shared their findings with the Vatican as well. But in addition to the Monsignor at the USCCB, who did in fact uh, resign his position as a result to this information, there were many other priests around the country who were also uh, implicated, uh, several of which in this diocese in Newark, New Jersey. Well, the diocese has asked for the data, too. They want to verify this information for themselves. And I guess that's, that seems fair. That seems fair. I, so far, they have said they haven't received it. I don't know what the status is of them being provided this data. But what's interesting to me about this article is how it doesn't really focus on that as much as it focuses on the criticism of the pillar for ever doing the investigation at all. How dare they? It's unethical to do these uh, these undercover types of investigations, they claim. Where is the outrage about these priests that have uh, violated their, their promise of chastity, their vow of chastity? Where is the outrage for that? It's only criticisms of the journalists? That seems disproportionate to me. Let's pray for our priests, that they will remain true and faithful. After this break, breaking news, now Smith is going to be on the program. Fulton Sheen's coming. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine. G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say, We don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs. Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. I'm seeing lots of news reports on mask mandates this morning. Australian military joins COVID-19 lockdown monitoring in Sydney. Florida breaks record in COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations as numbers rise across U.S. Nevada mandates weekly COVID-19 testing for unvaccinated government workers. 
Kumo pushes private businesses to mandate vaccine-only admission. North Carolina mandates vaccines for school, state employees, and healthcare workers. School board debates on masks. Joint terror attacks kill scores in Nigeria amid charges authorities stood down. Police officer who responded to January 6th Capitol breach dies by suicide. American Medical Association faces backlash for calling to remove sex from birth certificates. 644% increase in Haitians illegally crossing U.S. border. New Jersey mandates COVID-19 vaccination or testing for workers in healthcare and high-risk settings. Louisiana first to reimpose indoor mask mandate regardless of vaccination status. And besides states, McDonald's reinstates mask mandate in areas with high COVID spread. West Virginia offers country's first statewide antibody testing for fully vaccinated. Fourth police officer who was at January 6th Capitol breach dies by suicide. U.S. hits a 70% vaccination rate a month behind schedule as Delta makes a surge. BLM activist Sean King lives in a lavish lakefront home in New Jersey. For context, this is the same guy who tweeted that we should tear down all images depicting Jesus as a white European. They should be turned down because they're a form of white supremacy. King further added that, quote, murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends, end quote. Top New Mexico state Democrat resigns over criminal probe into allegations she stole money from public schools. German court sets trial date for a 100-year-old who allegedly worked as a Nazi SS guard at a concentration camp. Chinese officials forcibly remove crosses and erase Emmanuel from Christians' fishing boats. Victims say government did not do the same to other religions. Texas rancher says illegal immigrants have caused $60,000 in property damages on his land. After vilifying police, Portland unsurprisingly can't find officers to fill unit to fight soaring crime. Transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard out of women's Olympic competition early after failing at all three lift attempts. Obama plans a massive birthday bash with 700 people, even as COVID surges prompts government health warnings. Menstrual equity bill would require California public colleges to provide period products for transgender men, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people who may also menstruate. And doctors want to remove two-year-old's life support and stop parents from transferring her to another hospital. Those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Tuesday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date, even though those stories are pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, those are gut-wrenching stories, some of them anyway. But uh, but that's the news, whether we like it or not. But uh, joining us, so here's a brighter spot. This is a brighter spot. Uh, Alan Smith rejoins our program uh, to talk about his latest book, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Book of Sacraments, produced and published by Sophia Institute Press. It's good to have you back on the program, Alan Smith. Alan Smith, uh, if you're there, can you hear me? Alan? Alan, Alan, Alan. All right, well, uh, we are going to work on getting that resolved. Let me just uh, bring you up to date here on this, though. This is a brand new anthology. So there's been a whole series of these books. Alan Smith out of Canada has uh, helped to edit and to bring together these anthologies 
published out of Sophia Institute Press. And I, I, the one that came out the first year, a couple of years ago, was fantastic resource during the season of Lent to meditate upon the last words of our Lord and Savior through the writings of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And uh, this latest one is called uh, Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. His cause for canonization is progressing, and his videos or books are widely viewed and is persistent and in persistent demand. But all of his writings, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's most influential and practical guides by far were these, are the sacraments and th- uh, three to get married. So uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to re- get to know Fulton Sheen all over again. Alan, can you hear me? Alan's going to call in, I, I guess, to, to be a part of our program via phone since it's not working out via Zoom. Not sure what's going on there. Um, but I find this fascinating because, uh, of course, Archbishop Fulton Sheen is a fantastic orator and a giant in the American church. In fact, in the prologue of this book, um, there's a, a statement that I found that caught my attention and I found it very fascinating. Uh, in the 1950s, when his television show "Life Is Worth Living" was on, on the air, and he was he was having millions of fans all over the the world to tune in, um, I find it very fascinating that uh, the church was growing leaps and bounds. Uh, it's a quite a big contrast uh, between then and now. I mean, last 50, 60 years since Vatican II, we've seen nothing but decline. And uh, I think the world could use some Fulton Sheen one more time. Alan Smith, are you there? I'm here. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. I'm not sure what happened with the tech, but we're glad you're on. Tell us about your brand new book out of Sophia Institute Press. Oh, yeah. Well, Joe, you know, I know you like uh, small books, but uh, we put a big one together here. (laughs) uh, For those who are, of course, watching on uh, YouTube, you can see it here. Uh, Again, Sheen's Book of Sacraments. And, uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm getting known as the a gentleman who puts together anthologies or collections. And uh, you've had me on the show before talking about the first anthology, uh, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, uh, a great collection of Sheen's writings on the seven last words. Uh, you had me on talking about prayer and uh, Sheen's uh, writings on prayer and the book, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And so this is a collection of Sheen's writings on the sacraments because uh, we're kind of lost today. I mean, all of these books that seem to be re-released of Sheen come at perfect timing, God's perfect timing, because uh, I thought, you know, in my own uh, personal faith journey, um, you know, do I really know my sacraments? I think a lot of times we take them for granted. It's almost like uh, we're social Catholics. We're, um, we, we get baptized because it's the right thing to do. Uh, we go to confirmation parties because, oh, uh, let's celebrate family. And uh, But do we really know what the sacraments are? And I thought, this is the time to pull out one of the great teachers of the sacraments, uh, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And so I scoured through his writings to find um, the best of Sheen. And of course, in 1962, he penned a book called These Are the Sacraments. And, uh, and in 1951, he wrote a book called Three to Get Married. So I've combined these two books together in this anthology called Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. You know, it's very interesting because uh, I heard about this uh, just uh, whenever you commented and on our YouTube stream, and I had just purchased These Are the Sacraments by Fulton Sheen about two weeks ago and was reading through it. And it's 
It is excellent. Uh, one of the things that really struck me is something that Fulton Sheen always talks about is the relationship between psychoanalysis and modern psychology uh, as a replacement for the sacraments. And he talks about this with the sacrament of confession and how the relation between the sacrament of confession and psychoanalysis. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, I think it's, uh, we sometimes say it's good therapy. And I think this is what uh, Fulton Sheen uh, said so many times. It's like, you know, people are paying hundreds of dollars for therapists (laughs) and all they really need to do is uh, to get things off their chest and uh, to go into the confessional. Uh, Fulton Sheen would sometimes say it's the box. Uh, Some people may say it's the penalty box, you know, if you're a hockey fan, but uh, really it's a chance for you to uh, be your own accuser, uh, to point the finger at yourself and say, I did this and I did that. And uh, again, get things off your chest. It's amazing. And um, again, I think what he really wanted to stress, Fulton Sheen, was that you don't need to spend money on psychotherapy. You just need to bear your soul and go and know that Jesus is listening to you. Mm. Uh, If you truly believe that the priest represents Christ, that you're before Christ, and Christ, when, uh, of course, he says, uh, the priest says those words, I forgive you. Uh, go and see no more. You're forgiven. And uh, what great relief. Uh, a therapist can't say you're forgiven and uh, send you out the office door. Uh, but a priest can, uh, with those words, uh, absolve you of your sins and you feel like a million bucks. So I don't know if I'm making sense there, but uh, save your money. Go to confession. <laughs> <laughs> save your money and go to confession. That's good advice right there. Al, Al Smith, Alan Smith is our our guest, he is the editor of this brand new book, Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, maybe I'll do, I'm, I'm going to ask you about uh, his uh, where he's at in his canonization process. I'll do that after the break. You, but you included Father John Hardin in this work as well. Tell us about that. Right. Well, you know, I'm a devotee to both Fulton Sheen and to Father Hardin. Um, I've met Father Hardin personally, and... Uh, you know, my wife and I homeschooled our three adult children, and, um, you know, they're adults now, but at one time they were little children. And so uh, we were always looking for good catechesis to uh, instruct the children with. And uh, Father Hardin is a catechist at heart, and he's written many books and, of course, has a, a catechism program that uh, people are using still today. So, um, you know, we had to bring him into the picture, of course, to All right. um, you know, support Sheen in his work. Hold that thought. Al Smith is our guest. Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments is the topic. Sophia Institute Press is the publisher. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. I want to talk about where he's at in his canonization process. Has there been any movement? We'll see. Al Smith is coming up next. We all deserve golden parachutes and big bonuses. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Well... We may deserve them, but St. Benedict has a different idea of what we truly need. In his rule, he tells the leader of the monastery that his goal must be profit for the monks, not preeminence for himself. The abbot is supposed to be the most obedient of all the monks, because he has to adapt himself to each monk, because he is supposed to see to it that the strong have something to strive for and the weak nothing to run from. Not only that, but he is even told that his goal is to be loved rather than feared. 
For your free copy of The Rule of Saint Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. How would your leadership style change if you took St. Benedict's words to heart? Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Alan Smith is our guest. He has uh, put together a new book from Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and it's published through Sophie Institute Press. It's on the sacraments and it's on marriage. I want to get into some of the marriage questions. Uh, some of these uh, points that are listed on the Sophie Institute uh, Press website are very uh, provocative. Or not provocative, but they're very powerful, and I want to ask about them. But let's just start with where is Fulton Sheen at in the canonization process? Uh, has there been any movement? Is it still in a stalemate? What do you say, Alan Smith? Well, the, the official position is uh, we're waiting for a new date. Um, a lot of times people, you know, think, oh, was the cause canceled? Was it, uh, did they just kind of rip up the paperwork and said, this is over? Uh, that's not true. What happened is that the Vatican asked that the date be postponed. And uh, so we're just waiting on a new date. Um, we're confident that there is no wrongdoing, that, uh, you know, we spent the time uh, during the uh, examination process to to kind of look at everything. And so we know uh, his case is clear. And so uh, we just keep waiting for the phone call from the Vatican to say, okay, the new date is this. Um, so we're just waiting expectantly on a new date. And uh, we're encouraged by the news coming out of the Vatican. But uh, again, Rome moves slowly. Remember that. <laughs> Rome moves slow. Uh, but uh, we're receiving, you know, hundreds of visitors every day to the tomb of Fulton Sheen in Peoria. We have buses coming in on a regular basis, so uh, people are enjoying having Fulton Sheen in Peoria uh, and visiting the Cathedral of St. Mary's. So, uh, but it's all good news coming from our end here. And uh, again, I can't give you a date yet, but uh, a date is coming in the future. So, uh, always good news to report. Um, I've not read this book yet. I don't have a copy of it, but. Um there were some points listed on Sophie Institute Press that really caught my attention. Uh, this one says how Protestantism, even at its most alluring, undermines sound doctrine. This is something Fulton Sheen addresses in his book, apparently. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think what it is is that, um, you know, when you look at church history, you can see that there's this war that goes on about what do I believe and what I don't believe. And um, I always call it the compromise. And, um, uh, I think this is what is always scary. I mean, how many times we hear of people saying, well, you know, I used to be Catholic, but, you know, I found things were boring, or I liked the music or the other church, or uh, people always give their reasons for leaving. And sometimes it's that uh, they don't believe in the Eucharist anymore. Um, they don't believe in the sacrament of confession. So, uh, again, I think that's a big thing. People are just afraid to be humbled and go to confession. So, 
Um, they look at Protestant churches and say, hey, they don't have confession. This is great. Um, so it is alluring. It is alluring. But uh, what Fulton Sheen is trying to say is, remember, the sacraments are the channels of divine grace, and you need the sacraments to get to heaven, uh, all seven of them, in fact. Um, you know, and each of us will, um, you know, sometimes receive all of them, and other times we'll just a number of them, but still, they are the channels of grace. But uh, we're tempted by the... They think the grass is greener on the other side. Well, the grass will actually die and wilt on the other side sometimes. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's allure, as he said, it's alluring. But uh, Fulton Sheen explains in the book, um, again, the times where, uh, you know, people challenge the validity of the sacraments. And, mm. of course, this is why we have so many Protestant denominations. Um, everybody has their own idea. But, uh, again, the channels of grace we need to get to heaven. Yeah, I think, you know, I had the privilege of going to go see Fulton Sheen and Peoria whenever, after his body was moved, I went uh, soon after that. And, uh, you know, one thing that really always struck me about uh, the the venerable Fulton Sheen, and hopefully soon to be blessed, is his love for the salvation of souls. Like, he really cared for people's souls, and in the book on the sacraments, he talks immensely about the fact that this is a sacrament, this is the grace that our Lord has set up and out of his abundance of mercy, his infinite mercy to save souls and that other people, they don't have this and that the Protestants, they do not have this. And could you emphasize the point of why these sacraments are important, not just something, you know, extra that Catholics get like a rosary and a brown scapular, but something that's essential for the faith? Right. Well, I think what Fulton Sheen does is he explains what we have and what we don't have. And so when we're born, we're born with original sin. Uh, we're cut off. You know, we need that original sin uh, to be, um, you know, removed and, of course, uh, receive the graces of that sacrament of baptism. And without that, boy, we are in an uphill climb. And so um, I think this is what people don't realize is that the effects of original sin and how when we're born, um, we're separated from God, and we need to be reunited to Him. And it's through these sacraments that uh, we receive spiritual strength and, of course, are united to Christ. And so um, I, I, I don't think uh, Sheen, um, you know, missed any points there. Throughout mm-hmm. this whole book, you will see, uh, he will say, you need baptism, you need the Eucharist, you need confirmation. You need your marriages blessed. You know, um, you need the sacraments because they are the channels of grace to help get you to heaven. You know, uh, recently I'm a I, I'm a history nerd, and I love to uh, go through history books and and read co- uh, people's commentary on the history. And and lately, I've been uh, geeking out on the founding fathers of America and how unfaithful they were to their spouses in many cases, not all, but there's a good number of them, and how they lacked uh, like a moral code that you think that they should have by default. And it, and seeing some of the points that you're addressing or through Fulton Sheen's work in this book, um, uh, the most critical spiritual strategies for mar- married couples, um, it, it sort of reminded me of the need. Washington uh, himself wrote back to Martha that he, f- he gave himself completely to her while he was on the campaign against the English. Uh, no offense, Al, I know how connected you are to uh, to Mother England there, but uh, uh, you know, and he said if if being in, in faithful to his his spouse on the campaign would would compromise his ability to lead the troops, 
And it makes me wonder how many of us, now I know he wasn't Catholic and all, but how many men today realize the, the, the vast implications of our marital commitment? And I wonder if Fulton Sheen addresses any of that in this work. Well, he does because, well, first of all, just the title of the book, Three to Get Married. Um, I think if couples really took that seriously to say, you're entering into this partnership, it's a man, a woman, and God. Um, that sets the stage for great success and uh, great companionship. I mean, sometimes you see couples, they're married, but they're alone. Um, you know, the strategy is that you have God. You know, when you enter into the sacrament of marriage, it's the two plus him. Uh, of course, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, the, the, it's very important to always remember there's three of us here. And uh, again, uh, I think we forget that many times. Um, but the strategies that Fulton Sheen are trying to really stress is that, you know, again, it's an unbreakable bond. I mean, this is the whole thing. A lot of people go into marriage saying, well, we'll just kind of work on this, and, and when it falls apart, it falls apart. You know, uh, 60% of all couples get divorced anyway, so uh, we'll give it a college try here. We'll do our best, you know. <laughs> But if, 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 you know, if you took that scripture about no man put asunder, you know, that this is until death do us part, and really believe it, uh, you're going to, of course, uh, uh, work harder at this, work harder at this. So, uh, but remember, God is there, and we don't want to offend God. So, um, again, I always say when I answer the questions about the spiritual strategies, I said there's 21 chapters in the book, Three to Get Married. There's 21 good spiritual strategies there. Mm. Yeah, I bought this book, uh, Three to Get Married, a few years ago to give to a friend of mine who was discerning uh, whether or not he wanted to propose to his girlfriend. And uh, why would th- why would this be a good book to give to people discerning marriage or people engaged or even uh, people who have been married for 10 years already? Right. Well, you know, I think how many of us have a playbook? I mean, uh, I'm a sports enthusiast, so of course... Um, uh, you always hear about the playbook uh, that we have. And so how many married couples have a playbook, uh, a guide that they can look to as a, a resource manual? Well, this is a great resource manual. And I know uh, my good wife and I have been married 35 years, and uh, we sit down and read Three to Get Married, and we kind of laugh a little bit. And, but laugh in the sense that we say, well, we did it right. You know, it's um, kind of uh, nice that way, but um, again, it doesn't matter if you've been married 10 years or 10 days. Uh, this book uh, will, um, you know, even though I think a lot of people think it's for pre-marriage, you should read it uh, before you get married. I still think it's very good read while you're married, mm. uh, mid-flight, because <laughs> it's kind of like, a, if say, you get to see where are we going, how are we doing, and um, um, again, never to forget that you need God in the mix. Remember that, you need God to three to get married. Uh, so I don't know um, if that makes sense. Uh, Al Smith is our guest. Uh, we only have about a minute and a half left in our conversation. Sophia Institute Press, Archbishop Sheen's oh. Book of Sacraments is where you can get it. How long has the book been out, Alan? Uh, four days. Four <laughs> days. Wow. Well, it's Fresh a, off yeah, the press. Fresh off the And that's why you don't have a copy yet. Uh, Adrian, he's, uh, he's ahead of the game. You know, he's, he's on it. But uh, it came out July 27th. So, um, Praise be to God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's new. But we'll, we'll come back on the show because, again, there is so much to unpack it's yeah. in that book. But uh, every, every Catholic home needs this book because everybody needs a book on the sacraments. You know, 
And uh, I tell you, um, I fell in love with my faith even more after reading this book and putting it together to see the treasures that we have. And uh, again, these channels of divine grace in the seven sacraments. Yeah, amen. Well, we encourage everybody to pick up a copy. SophiaInstitutePress.com is the website, Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. But while you're there, you might also check out the other anthologies. You have, uh, this, this is the fourth one, right? This is the third. Uh, oh, third. We have a fourth. Yeah, we have a fourth one coming out, uh, you know, around Christmas. And there's a fifth one in the works, too. So Wow. Uh, but you need to get a job, available. sir. You've got way too much time in your hands. No, I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. Alan Smith, yeah. thanks for your time today. Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Book of Sacraments. Check it out at sophieinstitute.com. God love you, Alan. Have a great day. Thank you. God love you. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. Praise be to God. We all love Fulton Sheen here. Uh, but in the second hour, do you like? Uh, do you have kids maybe that skateboard or like to skateboard? Because that's like the prize we're giving away this week on our game show. If you'd like an opportunity to win a motherboard, a beautiful artwork of Our Lady on a skateboard, well, you got to tune in to the next hour and be a member of our game show. You can do that and find all the rules and the phone number on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDD. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Protestants not believe John 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink? I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of or this represents. He says this is. In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. We see that in verse 52. Fact number two, his disciples took him literally. We see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally. Verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also, in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? On the cross. Was that symbolic? If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. He did that on the cross. Those who believe he is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us his real flesh and blood for the life of the world? Or was it only his symbolic flesh and blood? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Uh, Fulton Sheen was on the program last hour. I don't know if you caught that or not. Okay, so it wasn't actually Fulton Sheen, because I know he passed away quite a number of years ago. Uh, but Al Smith was on, and he has been putting Fulton Sheen's work out again and again, republishing uh, some of the best of his, uh, Fulton Sheen's materials in these anthologies through Sophie Institute Press. We had a great conversation over the latest one, the third in the uh, series, but he said there's like a fourth and a fifth already in the works, so praise be to God for that. But this one was on the sacraments, and then there was a section on marriage in particular, so very powerful. Um, so uh, Al Smith was our guest last hour. We'll post that later today on uh, the YouTube channel, if they allow us. Uh, they, mm. they struck us for for a conversation we had last week with with Christopher Ferrara, so who knows what the tech oligarchs uh, uh, you know, will allow and not allow these days. But uh, just give praise for Catholic Radio. Thank the Lord that there is Catholic Radio where we might have conversations that uh, the tech oligarchs don't approve of. Um, I give thanks to God every day for Catholic Radio. Praise be to God for it. But good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Uh, all right, so... Last hour was fun talking about Fulton Sheen. Um, <laughs> yes. Hopefully, the, like this, some of the news stories last hour were kind of disturbing to me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, with you. this it was. It's pretty. Um, like you, pretty you are responsible for all the news. Like so, you it's it's your fault that the news has gone wacky. Oh yes, it's all my fault. It's yes, completely. Yes. You are in charge of the news, right? I mean, I, so that <laughs> I must definitely mean have a hand in it. That all the bad news out there is totally your responsibility. Yes, there is one hundred percent a distinct correlation. <laughs> but you're going to make up for that in this hour. Yes, I will. I will. It's all we good have, news. We have great news uh, yeah. this hour. It's really cute. Good news. Pro life news. Um, <laughs> happy, news. happy. Happy. Is there news. a site for cute news? I'm just curious. Like, um, where does one get the cute news? I, I guess Life News, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I. Some, okay. I've read some that's difficult true, stories true, there, that's too. That's true. You, you get both <laughs> the good and the bad. But I, 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 can, I just envision like cute news. like a, It's like a site with all cat memes or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. But speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Um, are you saying that I'm cute? Because that's, that's um, kind of awkward. I, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Was that the out loud voice again? Oh. I wrote a note hmm. to be careful about out, out loud versus inside voice. That's all I'm saying is all. Um, That's all I'm saying is all. all right. But I'll yes, we uh, will probably not be posting today's interview on YouTube. Because <laughs> really? uh, right now we are <laughs> banned from posting for a week. Oh, oh no. yeah. I, I, submitted a, I submitted a uh, appeal to it because our interview with Christopher Ferrara on last Friday 
on the vaccines, on whether or not we could have a religious exemption on legality of the vaccines. Yeah. I can't um, even converse yes, about it. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it was taken off, so I submitted an appeal. We'll see what happens. If it gets overturned, yeah. uh, then we'll be posting on YouTube, of course. But you can find it on Rumble. If you go to Rumble, Catholic Drive Time on Rumble, Rumble it's there. I know a lot of people aren't on Rumble, but <laughs> if you would like to see that interview, and it was a definitely a uh, worth it to watch, interview, and share, uh, we go check it out on Rumble. Uh, it's an understatement of the year. There's not a lot of people on Rumble. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know how many people are on Rumble. Seven. <laughs> yeah, it's seven. It's something like that. At least the for us, seven. anyway. Maybe there are other channels on Rumble that actually get watch time. We're not one of them. <laughs> so at any rate, but we post it there because there needs to be a backup location. Because uh, as we mentioned, the uh, tech oligarchs don't approve. They have a script. They expect you to stick to it. You're not allowed to have conversations beyond that. But uh, thank the good Lord for Catholic Radio, where we can talk about these things anyway. All right, we're going to jump into this hour. It's upbeat. It's more fun. It's less intense, of course. Uh, but we're going to do the good news with the cute news, apparently, with Janelle Lay. And then we're going to do gospel. And then we're going to do a saint of the day. Plus, the game show's coming up at 15 past the hour. And Motherboards is our sponsor. It's kind of cool. I wish this was around when I was a kid. Uh, skateboards with images of Our Lady and St. Michael. That's powerful. Motherboards, thank you for your generous support of our game show coming up. So if you have a, a maybe a child that's into skateboarding, this could be the game to play. Your three chances will be coming up at 15 past the hour. Get the phone number ready to go. You'll find it on our website. All of that coming up in the first half. The second half is the after show where we conversate with you, the audience, about whatever it is you want to talk about. You get to drive that on the social feeds. Also, directly on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janelle Body of Tennessee priest on path to canonization reburied in Basilica. The body of servant of God Patrick Ryan, a Tennessee priest who died in 1878, caring for victims of the Chattanooga's yellow fever epidemic, were moved and re-entered at the city's Saints Peter and Paul Basilica over the weekend. During a yellow fever epidemic in 1878, some 80% of Chattanooga's residents fled the city. Father Ryan stayed to minister to the sick, dying of yellow fever himself, September 28, 1878. Bishop Richard Steika of Knoxville, who opened Father Ryan's sainthood cause in 2016, celebrated moral mass and presided over Father Ryan's entombment July 31st. There is no greater gift than to give your life for your friends, Bishop Steika said. Father Ryan did indeed give his life for his friends, friends that were Catholic and friends that were not Catholic. His memory is still strong today. And from the Catholic News Agency, Archbishop Cordeline schedules monthly traditional Latin Mass at Cathedral. 
Archbishop Salvatore Cordeline has instituted a monthly traditional Latin Mass at San Francisco's Cathedral of St. Mary of the Assumption and has been leading the faithful in a litany of reparations for abuses against the Eucharist. The monthly Mass will be held on first Wednesdays at 3 p.m., an auspicious hour for this Mass, remembering the moment our Lord Jesus Christ died to save us from sin and death. The first of the Masses on August 4th falls on the Feast of St. Dominic, and so will be said in the Dominican Rite. Archbishop Cordeline's establishment of the monthly Masses was in response to requests from the faithful and the overwhelming response to the first Latin Mass in July. The announcement comes soon after Archbishop Cordeline allowed the continuation of traditional Latin Masses in his diocese as guidance pertaining to Pope Francis' recent motu proprio Traditionis Custodis. Also from the Catholic News Agency, Ecuadorian bishops congratulate their country's first woman to win an Olympic gold medal. And now on to the cute news. Mom rejects doctor's suggestion to abort one of her triplets, and they are now miracle babies. Another one? Doctors told another mom to abort one twin to save the other. She refused, and now both boys are doing great. Thanks be to God, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Janelle. God love you, and have a good Tuesday. The saint of the day is Blessed Federico López y López. He was born on the 16th of November, 1678, in Secorum, Huesca, Spain. He worked at a number of jobs and positions as a young adult, all the while feeling a call to religious life. In 1906, he finally said yes and joined the Franciscan Friars Minor Conventual at their convent in Granoles, Spain. He studied at the Franciscan Seminary there and then in uh, and then in Osimo, Italy, where he made his solemn profession in 1911. He took the name Alfonso and was ordained a priest in that year, 1911. He was the Apostolic Penitentiary Confessor at the Shrine of Laredo from 1912 to 1915. He was a teacher, spiritual director, and novice master at Aganoleras Convent from 1915 to 1936. One of his novices was Blessed Eugenio Ramon Salvador, who died with him. He had a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and was known as a great example to and a leader of novices. He was martyred at the Spanish Civil War and was shot in the evening of the 3rd of August, 1936, in San Malus, Barcelona, Spain. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Federico López y López, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, and 10 through 14. Some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat a meal. He summoned the crowd and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what enters one's mouth that defiles the man, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles one. Then his disciples approached and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He said in reply, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. 
St. Jerome said of this, and speaking about the, the need to preach the truth even when it hurts, uh, St. Jerome said this, quoting St. Gregory the Great, by the way, he said, We see scandal arise from our preaching truth. We must rather suffer it to take place than desert the truth. Our Lord says they are blind. Let us leave them. For the land, which has often been watered with the dews of heaven and still continues barren, is deserted. Behold, your house shall be left desolate. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, the so the uh, in regards to the idea of the blind leading the blind, uh, this is important uh, point that our Lord makes. He said, uh, let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Well, what is the pit? We, it seems pretty obvious. Uh, what is a pit? It's hell, right? And so what is the blind man? Well, according to Cornelius Lapide, the blind man is one who does not see God, one who rejects the idea of God and does not see them. Uh, Cornelius Lapide says, those who do not understand the way of life, because if you are blind, because Christ is a light in the truth, if you do not see the light in the truth, then you are blind. Uh, Fulton Sheen makes the point about, not about this passage, but about a very similar uh, point that he was making, is that you must have holiness to beget holiness. You cannot be a sinful person and bestow holiness upon someone else. It is true because he's he's making the point about the sacraments. It is true that the sacraments do not do not require the holiness of the priest. The priest can be a very sinful man, can be a wicked man even, and he the sacraments that he says are still valid and are still efficacious for the grace that it gives to the people who are receiving it. But, however, if they are blind, if they are unholy. This causes grave, grave uh, issues for their flock because they cannot bestow what they do not have. See, whenever they, what they do have is holy orders, so that's why they can bestow the sacraments, but they do not have holiness. They cannot bestow holiness. It's a very basic principle of philosophy and theology that nothing can come from nothing. Only God can create out of nothing. Everyone else can only bestow what they have. I cannot give you a million dollars because I do not have a million dollars. I cannot give you holiness because I do not have holiness. So in order to lead someone into the kingdom of heaven, in order to lead someone into heaven, you have to have holiness. So we got to work on ourselves. It's not to say that we can't preach the gospel and we can't evangelize until we're perfect, but just to say that we need to continue uh, forming ourselves to be closer and more united to our Lord and truth who is a light, because if we are blind, we cannot lead others away from the pit. And if we ourselves are blind, we will just lead others into the pit where there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you. Verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our gospel reflection, giving us the tools to connect the incredible uh, commentaries and the early church fathers diving deep on these passages. That's Verboom with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you. All right. We're going to go to a break. It's time to play the game. Would you like a chance to win the prize call right now now is your chance pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424 looking for our first caller to be our contestant at 877-757-9424 that's 877-757-9424 call right now we'll be right back to play the game we all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder 
Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda, where we try to do a couple of things, but I don't want you to tell anybody this. Keep this just between us. But uh, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you may just learn something you did not know before, right? That's a good thing. Praise God. And then, of course, we like to laugh. We like to have a good time with our listeners, our callers that call in to be the contestants. And we enjoy that. They laugh with us, and we appreciate that. So praise be to God. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker if you're just joining us. The caller, our contestant, does not need to know the answers to these questions in order to still win the game. That makes it even more fun, because I do not ask them these questions. Instead, I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right, but the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? 
Well, you can win something from Motherboards. They're off. They could be offering a skateboard. And for further context, Motherboards was conceived after a Denver area Catholic mom with sons who like to skate noticed something about most board designs. Well, to put it nicely, they left a little to be desired. Uh, with themes that revolved around skulls, sex, and violence, it seemed to this mom that there was an opportunity for a wider variety of design options. So. How could she create a board line that not only appealed to skaters from a design perspective, but also introduced more positive and thought-provoking images without losing any cool? And from this, <laughs> Motherboards was born. So if you look at their website, uh, that's loveyourmotherboard.com. You can go check out their really cool designs. There's like the Sacred Heart images. There's images of Our Lady, um, St. Michael. There's really cool. And they don't only just sell skateboards. They sell other really cool knickknacks as well. Uh, so thank you so much, Motherboards, for sponsoring this week's game show. Wow, where was that when I was a kid? That's what I want to know. All right, uh, I think we have some uh, callers on here. So praise be to God for everybody who called in to try to be our contestant. We're very grateful to you. If you don't make it on today, try again tomorrow. You'll get another chance. Call early and be on hold, and and uh, you'll get your opportunity. But let's go to Diego. Good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our show. Thank you for having me again on your show. <laughs> Praise be to God, Diego. It's been a while. We're very grateful. Now, remind us, where where are you calling from? Uh, Dallas, Texas. And where do you go to church? I live in St. Anne at Capel. St. Anne and Capel. Now, uh, school starts in a couple of weeks, right? I mean, you, you, are you getting ready to go back to school? Um, I'm actually in school. Really? I'm homeschooling. My mom's homeschooling me. Amen. Yeah. Praise be to God. <laughs> you know, we homeschool our kids too, Diego. And yeah, they're still doing schoolwork too. <laughs> so uh, yeah. praise be to God for that. Now, do you do you skateboard, Diego? No, but I do rollerblade. Ah, very, oh, very, very nice. Cool. How wonderful. Well, praise be to God, I, Diego. Um, I, I, rollerblading, I've, I've done it several times. I don't look very good while doing it, though. It's kind of embarrassing. So hopefully you you're, you have style and, and uh, cool points, as Janelle pointed out earlier. Noted. What's that? Noted. Noted. <laughs> Joe does not look good rollerblading. No, Got it's it. less than graceful. But uh, Diego, are you ready to play the game? I know you know the rules. Yes. All right. Let's go to Janelle. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I am very ready. Are you sure? I am very sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me which saint... Translated the Vulgate Bible. The Vulgate Bible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the Latin translation of the Bible, right? He, he, yes. Yeah, okay. That, the saint that translated the Vulgate Bible mm -hmm. is Saint William Tyndale. <laughs> I think that's how you say his name. Uh, uh huh. Yes. Okay. Saint, saint William. Saint William Tyndale. Tyndale. Yes. That's Saint your answer. William Tyndale. That's your final answer. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me which saint translated the Vulgate Bible? Yes, that would be my dear friend, um, Saint Jerome. Your dear friend. Your my dear friend. friend. <laughs> yes. He, uh, many letters, and I, I read them whenever he's scolding people, and I'm like, wow, he's talking, it sounds like he's talking to me. It's, it's like a love letter to Adrian Fonseca. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. St. Jerome. Like, You're going to hell. You stink. I'm like, wow. St. Jerome, like the patron saint of curmudgeons. That's what you're saying. Amen. Glad okay. a pet lion. Okay, so uh, Diego, let me summarize here for you. Uh, Adrian said it is St. Jerome 
that gave us the translation we know as the Vulgate Bible versus Janelle says it was St. William Tyndale that did that. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Diego, what say you? Oh, uh, Adrian? <laughs> you sound very confident, Diego. <laughs> got it. You got it. <laughs> Tyndale, come now, Duh. Janelle. <laughs> He's not a saint. Uh, he translated the Bible into English, and uh, he, uh, he uh, got into some trouble because of that. Yeah, yeah. You think? <laughs> like, I, how many times can I hit my dub button today? Uh, Diego, uh, did you know that, or were you just guessing? Uh, I guess. No. Well, actually, uh-huh. I read his story, and yeah. then I Oh, Really? Very impressive, yeah. Diego. Very impressive. St. Jerome. I, yeah, I like to quote him in the Gospel Reflections, as a matter of fact. Uh, incredible saint of our of our church. All right, congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence, Diego. Let's see if we can't double your chances now. Uh, let's go to Adrian. Adrian, are you ready? Uh, yes. Now, this is the question specifically designed for you, Adrian. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. That's not good. I definitely think this is your question. Uh, can you tell me, what does O-S-F stand for? O-S-F. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. You of all people ought to know this. Ordo Santa Francisco. Uh, Gazunte. The Order of St. Francis. Oh, okay. That's okay. A, that was your answer. Order of St. Francis. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seems reasonable. Uh, Could be. J- Janelle, uh, can you tell me what does O-S-F stand for? Well, the O stands for overly... S stands for salted, and F stands for fish. So OSF uh, put together is uh-huh. overly salted fish. Is this like a, uh, a like Friday a, and Lent a, kind of thing? Lent, yeah, yeah it's a that. Lenten like, aspect This as is well. the jargon the Knights of Columbus use at fish fries. Yes. Overly, like, like hey, Bob, that's another OSF. <laughs> <laughs> is that what's going on? Yeah. Okay. Like, chime it down with the salt, buddy. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal, Diego. Um, OSF. According to Adrian, he says it's the Order of St. Francis or the Franciscans. Versus Janelle thinks that this is a Knights of Columbus uh, cryptic language during fish fries on Friday, meaning overly salted fish. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Diego, what say you? Mm, okay. Um, Adrian. Are you sure? <laughs> You're stealing my line, Jenna. <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, congratulations. Of course, you did not fall for that. Um, Overly salted Who fish. do you think is more tricky, I, I, Diego? I don't know if I've asked you this question, but who do you think is more tricky? Is it uh, Janelle or, or is it Adrian? Okay. Sometimes they can be both of them, tricky, oh. but Janelle most of the time. Oh, most wow. of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Truth in advertising. All right, so you're in for two in the coffee cup of Divine Providence. Praise be to God. Let's see if we can triple your chances now, Diego, with question number three. Back to tricky Janelle. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me, what is the term for the final declaration, the seal of approval? Whereby the soul of a person is declared to be in heaven. What do we call that? That is called canonization. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian the Innocent, can you tell me? Adrian the Innocent. What is the term 
for the final declaration, the seal of approval, whereby the soul of a person is declared to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. So is that like Innocent the Fourth? I guess that makes Maybe. Me, maybe. Mm. Maybe. Okay. What's your answer, though? Uh, let's see. That would be venerableization. Okay. Venerableization. Venerableization. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, uh, Diego, let me summarize. So, Adrian says that this is called venerableization versus Janelle says it's canonization. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Diego, what say you? Mm, Janelle. Are you sure? <laughs> that was a really long, long delay there, Adrian. He was like, he was like I don't know now. Trying to make You're, him doubt his answer. Poor Diego. Look how tricky they are to you, Diego. <laughs> wow. But you are right, sir. Canonization is the right answer. Venerableization? Yeah, I just like, made the word up. Just, Not a real word. That was like a George Bushism. You just I was going to say beatification, <laughs> but you know that's actually a real answer. <laughs> and I thought it'd be funnier to say venerableization. Uh, well, praise be to God. Uh, Diego, three chances in the cup. How do you feel? So good. Better than last time. Yeah, better than last time. Well, let's let's pray that it's God's will that uh, your name come out of the cup on Friday. But uh, good luck. God bless you. Thank you for playing our game. We're very grateful to you, Diego. Yeah, thank you for having me again. All right, we're going to put you on hold. Make sure we get that phone number. But that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, praise be to Or the first, uh, the radio side is what I meant to say. Uh, what comes next is the Holy Mass. If you're going to go to Holy Mass, please keep us in your prayers. We'd be grateful to you. But if you can hang out with us, we'd love to have you because we are going to do an after show where you, my dear listener, get to drive our conversation. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? You get to decide. All you got to do is hang out with us on Facebook, YouTube. I would say Twitter, but I don't know that we can see comments on Twitter. But you can watch live and comment live right on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt god love you god bless you we'll see you tomorrow thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the After Show, where we get more casual about what we conversate about. You get to drive that conversation, dear listeners, and all our CDT insiders that hang out with us normally. They know the deal. You know the deal. Praise be to God. It's always good to see you guys. But if you are new here, uh, let me just warn you ahead of time. Uh, inside jokes may abound. Uh, they get thrown around quite uh, quite uh, frivolously around here. We might even discuss salty fish. We might discuss uh, salty fish. Uh, it's possible. But here's the deal. Uh, if you... If you're confused by anything, don't hesitate to ask. We love our first-time commenters. So if you are new here and you've never commented before, let me encourage you to please comment. We like to lavish extra love on first-time commenters, and we're very grateful for everyone here. Uh, there is nothing that can't be discussed, even though our tech overlords don't appreciate the conversations most of the time. 
Um, <clears throat> you're welcome to ask questions, and we're, we'll do our best to answer you and have a conversation around that. Alan said, let's talk archery. Yes! Archery. Let's talk archery. Uh, and, the, and the archery fans that want me uh, put into prison for not uh, posting archery videos. <laughs> yeah, we were getting comments. Three, three years. We were getting comments on our Catholic Drive Time channel yeah. as, as saying, when are you going to make some new archery videos? I'm like, how did you even find the channel? Like, it's a new channel. They're tracking me down? <laughs> the channel what is this? just got started. I was like, uh, how yeah. are you? who are you people? <laughs> yeah, the other day I posted a, uh, a little video of me and my son, uh, John Paul, shooting our bows in our backyard. And I put, I put it on my Instagram channel. Which I had, which, which I set up just for my archery content, and they were like, "Well, it's about time. When are we going to get a new video?" <laughs> like, sorry, there are reasons why I'm not posting there. I should post a video and tell people why I don't post there anymore. That's funny. Anthony Stein posted, "What if the real vaccine is a conspiracy theorist friends we made along the way?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just I love Twitter. It's such a horrible place, but it just there's so much that's like hilarious one-liner zingers that are just hilarious and crack me up. Good times. Apparently, uh, the CDT insiders really like the title there, Adrian. Adrian the Innocent. Adrian the Innocent. I you know I when I first looked at it, I I read it incorrectly. I thought they said Adrian the Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good too. Actually, that would be funny. Bye, Ubi. Uh, see you. God bless you. Th- and uh, thank you also, Patty, for hanging out with us in the first hour. She always mm-hmm. is great. 93, you're buying a bow. What kind of bow are you buying, 93? I'd love to know. Now, I'm a trad archer, okay, uh, which means I don't have training wheels on my bows. Training um, wheels on my bows. <laughs> I, like, uh, I, like, uh, I like the traditional archery, and that's kind of a loose, loose phrase. It kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a catch-all, traditional archery. There are arguments within tra- traditional archery communities. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like t- uh, trad uh, Catholics. There's a lot of arguments that just go on, not a lot of uh, dialogue and conversation, just a lot of uh, arguing. It's a little like that sometimes, and um, with amongst trad archers, what is traditional archery? What isn't? Can your bow have a backing on it? Can it be manufactured? Hmm. Alan, there y'all had a high school archery team. Yeah. I did not know that's a thing. I, I, cool. we, I've, I've known schools that have had that. I don't know any. Really? Yeah, nothing in that's Houston. That's you played football. Well, I played, like, yeah. You paid no attention to any other sport besides that, I'm sure. I played uh, football, soccer, baseball. Uh, I played tennis. I did track. I did um You clearly did boxing, do archery. But I never did archery. Yeah. That was not one that I did. I didn't know that was even a sport in schools. Um, You're buying a flappo. That's huh. super cool. 93. I love that. You're going to have to send us a picture of it when you get it. I want to see that. Uh, praise be to God. <clears throat> like the like the Indian flatbows? Uh, like the Plains Indians? They use flatbows. Fascinating enough, there was a, uh, several tribes that used horsebows um, because they brought them over the, the land bridge, apparently, uh, from Asia. So they were the exact same as those found in Mongolia. It's pretty fascinating. Joe's kids uh, were teaching me to shoot bows. When I went over to uh, to Joe's house, uh, John Paul was teaching me how to how to shoot a bow. That was that was good. He let me borrow his uh, glove and, and what is that called for the your your hand inside of yeah. your arm? Yeah, um, uh, an arm guard. An arm guard. <clears throat> yeah, he let me borrow his arm guard because I was like tearing up my arm. Yes, uh, that was great. Good stuff. Good I stuff. shot uh, the other day. I shot my, a longbow. Uh, it's a fifty pound longbow, 
and you uh, shoot wooden arrows out of it. And I hadn't shot it in a long, long time. So I just took it out there with my glove, and I'm trying to fling arrows, and it's destroying my forearm. Like, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I had to, uh, had to go hunt down my forearm, my arm guard, just to try to finish shooting. Uh, 93 says he's half native, so the idea is to use it for tr- traditional hunting. I love that idea. Praise be to God. He's now, neat. I, I, I tried, and I, I, I made my own bow once. I've made a couple of bows. I, when I first got into archery, uh, I was at a men's retreat for the Kingsmen up in upstate New York, and archery is a component of the, that retreat experience. You teach men how to shoot bows. And... Um, I loved it. When I went through that for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I served in the Marine Corps, so I like shooting. And I thought, this is cool. I can shoot. I can shoot in my backyard. It's inexpensive, easy to do. Uh, I love the idea. So when I came home, I got. I was trying to find ways to get into archery. And one of the first things I did was I made PVC bows. And I discovered there was a whole culture of PVC bow uh, making where they would make these bows and they would look really incredible. There were techniques about heating the pipe and fat and bending the pipe. So I did all of that. But then uh, I had this uh, inner uh, dialogue about what is the point? What am I doing this for? Like, what's the end and goal here? And then I just, I, I, I decided I needed to go hunting and I needed to uh, become a good enough archer to put an ethical shot on the animal. So as it wouldn't suffer much. So I decided to really become a good archer, and I, that's when I moved into wood bows, because PVC bows just are never going to get you there. And um, so then I, uh, I purchased a bow, uh, but I tried to make my own bow, and I tried to make a flat bow, as a matter of fact. But my, um, the bows that I made, I just didn't have the good materials. The, I, the wood that I had was too brittle, too dry, and they just they didn't perform um, I love the process, but they would never perform. So I've always wanted a nice flapo to go hunting with. The, the bow that I hunt with is a uh, Samic Red Stag, um, which I, I actually uh, love a lot. It's Chinese, but I don't care. It's a great bow. I did have a, uh, I did have a, um, a bear. I had a, um, a, a 65 uh, Grizzly. I loved it. Great bow. Light in the hand, but it was too old. Too many cracks, and it uh, I destroyed it, unfortunately. It was a great shooter. I need to get a brand new bow uh, someday, <clears throat> but I, I'm really enjoying my, my long bow and my, my uh, recurve from Samick. I also have, um, I have, there's another one I have. I can't remember. It's an older bow, but it's also a very good bow, and I've, all of a sudden, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, I love archery. Archery is awesome. I love to uh, shoot with my sons in particular. It's always a good time. We're going to have to send pictures, 93. I want to see those. Uh, Colin says he did soccer and track. Great times. What did you do for track? Uh, what's your, what was your uh, event? What, did, what position did you play in soccer? And t- try to convince Adrian that soccer is the number one sport worldwide. I despise soccer, just so everybody knows. I'm going to out myself right or, now. Or, or said properly, football. No, soccer football uh the soccer is a incredibly boring sport where nothing happens um played it for two years and the you just it's just 
The ball goes Soccer back. is exciting. Go- soccer, soccer goes is the other an way. amazing sport. You score. Which is why it's the number one sport on planet Earth. It's like you get, it's one zero game and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a super exciting game. Oh my goodness. Uh, meanwhile, in basketball, but, okay. it's like 500 points to 499. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, wow, what a great game. And soccer, one zero. Wow, that was okay, exciting. Well, then explain this one to me. If, if soccer is so not exciting, then why is it in in Latin America when a goal is scored, people go absolutely bazonkers? Because they've just been sitting there for three hours waiting for something to happen. They were like, wow, finally, something to cheer about. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. I'm just, tell- I'm just saying, man. I have man. no idea. Oh, sorry. I forgot to yeah. change the music. 1,500 meters. Wow. Cross country. Yeah. Alan says he was on the archery team and the swim team, sports for people who can meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, swimming is one thing that I was really, really bad at. I never did swim team, obviously, because I was not a good swimmer. But my mom put me in swimming lessons, and I was a horrible swimmer. I'm still a horrible swimmer. That was one thing that I which just wasn't good at. I'm really good at sinking, though. I'm like expert <laughs> sinker. Expert sinker. Mm-hmm. That's, what did you do, uh, Janelle? What sports did you play? Uh, I didn't do any sports. Nothing. <laughs> what? What? I was. What uh, physical activities did you do? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> no, my. But my mom, when she was in high school, she was in the badminton team. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. I did do tennis for a bit, but like I wasn't very good at it, honestly. Um, and then uh, I think in middle school I was in dance. Big mistake. <laughs> I, I cannot dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Noted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, praise be to God. Oh, wow. Tammy, good morning to you. Uh, we're, good to see you here, Tammy. Susan, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Praise be to God. William Hemsworth, good morning. Christopher Velasquez, good morning. Of course, we said uh, we've been talking to 93 and Colin. Good morning to you, Alan. Praise be to God. Again, thanks for being on our show today. Mike K., good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Very grateful to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Mike K. says, American handball is not even close to true football. You're right. It's so much better. American so much handball? Better. He's talking about football. He's making fun of football. <laughs> That's hilarious that you that took that It long. took me a second to get to there. No, yeah. No. Yeah. Football is an amazing sport. Things happen all the time. Um, it's not just people running back and forth. It's like, it's, it's more exciting to watch people do a 40 uh, meter dash than it is to watch people, uh, run around trying to kick a ball. Um, I don't know, man. I think soccer is amazing. I mean, you can, we can get a, you know, get a soup can, put it outside and we'll kick it around. That's also, that's also fun. Come on, man. Um, Come on, man. But American football is like, it's, it's so much fun. You just, you have people tackling each other, hitting each other. Um, it's just like, it's full contact sport. It's exciting. Things happen. It's uh, but playing soccer, all you do is run. I don't know. I, know. I think Barbara Ackerman uh, disagrees. She says, "Love soccer, the beautiful sport. Love baseball too. All sports are boring until something significant happens. Like football. in hockey, you're just waiting for a fight <laughs> to break out. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've well, been see, that's, to that's, that's one why or two football hockey games. Is so exciting because football, is, something significant is always happening. You can watch the linemen, and they're always they're literally every play they're hitting each other <laughs> every day, every play. Someone's getting tackled." Every play, something's happening. Mm. It's exciting. Whereas 
the other sports, you're just like sitting around. Yeah, Jesus said yes. It's exciting when after three hours of sitting around, a goal is made. The most exciting thing is to pick up a cold beer. See, this is exactly my point. Uh, this is exactly my point. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the marching band's more interesting to watch. What are we talking about? I agree. It's the number one sport on planet Earth. You can cry and complain all you wish. It doesn't change the fact that the number one sport on planet Earth is, in fact, soccer. Just because it's a sport that poor people can play. <laughs> like, literally, Ouch. that's why. That's Whoa. why. What do you have against poor people all be, of a if you have If you have to play football, you need to buy shoulder pads, you need to buy a <laughs> helmet, you need to buy all this equipment. To play soccer, you just need a ball. Have, how many people have seen the, the movie Pele? Have you seen the movie Pele? No, I've never Pele. heard of it. It's a great film, actually. Pele. I We've seen it a couple times. How do you spell that? It, uh, Pele. P-E-L-L-E. Pele. Pele. You don't know who Pele is? Adrian, tell me you know who Pele is. No idea what you're talking about. You're kidding. I, even if you don't love soccer, you know who Pele is, for crying out loud. I don't not love soccer. I despise soccer. <laughs> even if you despise soccer, you should know who Pele is. Okay, tell me. Okay, the audience, it's your turn. Show of hands, how many people know who Pele is? I want to know. That's insane that you would not know who Pele is. I'm, I'm so traumatized by that. What is he known for? Soccer for crying out loud! <laughs> I want to know. What Greatest is- soccer player ever. He scored three points. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up right now. Look him up. I bet his. Stats- I don't even know how to spell Pele. Pele is it just Pay and then Lay? A Josh Patterson uncultured radio staff. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Josh. Like, look at yeah. look at Joe right here. <laughs> obviously, you're talking about him. Obviously, mm. obviously, rugby beats them both, according to Buddy Canine. I said it right this time. Rugby oh, is a very exciting sport. I, the only thing is, I don't know enough about rugby to enjoy it as much. Um, I I have a friends that play in the local uh, team. And I'm trying to learn because I really want to know how it's played so I can enjoy it more. But it's super exciting. It's a lot of fun to watch. And I think uh, I kind of want to try out for the team, to be honest. I think I want to play. It, it, is, it is very attractive to, to, to guys, right? You want, you want uh, the best of two worlds, soccer and football combined. That's rugby. And it's exciting. Very masculine sport, for sure. Barbara says, uh, yes, a marching band at halftime is the best thing about a football game. Hashtag true story. Who doesn't love the excitement of marching bands in college football, high school football? Uh, See, Buddy's right here. Buddy said, poor people, football, no gear is rugby. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I agree. That's I mean, all you need is a ball, and you can and you can play rugby, and it's uh and it's a lot more fun than soccer. So I'm with you there. <laughs> Josh says I think poverty ball is mostly lame, but no Pele. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dead. You guys oh. are just being mean to poor it's people so today. Good. Just. <laughs> You've gone all St. Jerome on us all of a sudden. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Pele was amazing. He is the original GOAT, Barbara. I totally agree. Pele is truly amazing. If, you, if, you go, if you're on Amazon Prime, look up the movie Pele. It's a very good film, actually. I highly so agree. I'm looking you. him up, and I mean, what's the Mike case saw him play in the 70s. He was, he was amazing. Yeah, amen. He, so Pele has uh, the, 
You know how you've seen these uh, these videos uh, on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. I don't, I'm not on TikTok, so I, I only assume. But like the whole um, juggling the ball with your toes, your feet, you know, your head, all of that. Mm-hmm. Like that style, you can you can thank Pele for it. Uh, Pele brought that to the world in a big way. He wasn't the only one, of course, but he's the one that made it popular. He brought that to soccer. Before him, it didn't exist. Not really. So Pele is amazing. Boxing. He did box is, last time I checked. No, that's what I'm saying. Pele I'm saying is a goat. Boxing is a sport that's been around forever uh, to, in, some, in some form and is a sport that's universally done. Um, so I think, I think combat sports, specifically boxing, that, that is probably one of the best sports. Uh, let's see here. Um, rugby is like football, but without all the boring stopping. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point Josh too. I, uh, but rugby is a cons- it's a kind of a confusing sport. It's kind of hard to understand. Like I've had people try to explain to me the rules of rugby since I didn't grow up with it. You know, try to understand like, okay, what's supposed to be? Because I think as an American, my head is so wrapped around American football. That it's hard to kind of understand what goes on in rugby sometimes. Yeah, I played football for 12 years. And so when I was trying to figure out rugby, it was really confusing to me. But yeah, rugby, because I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but in rugby, bye, Alan. He said, thank you, everyone, for today. I have to go to work now. I have a gas barbecue to install this morning. All righty, Alan. God bless you. Thanks for being on. Uh, We'd love to have you back in the future. Uh, But yeah, we had, um, when I was learning about rugby, I was like, Oh, that's super strange because it, it's never like it doesn't end until someone scores, someone fouls, and then the joke is, or someone uh, uh, needs a need a needs a gurney. Uh, <laughs> those are the only time that the uh, the play stops. Yes, so. and if you get hurt, if if you have an injury, the team has to keep, go on without you. If I'm not mistaken, in rugby, not like, sure about that. I don't yeah, know. I think so. I think if you're hurt on the field, the team has to keep going. I want to say that's a rule. Correct me if I'm wrong. From you rugby experts out there, tell me I'm wrong. But uh, I want to say that that's a case, which is unlike. You know, what's also interesting. I've had this conversation with rugby players. I've had this conversation with uh, MMA fighters and uh, boxers, and it's over head injuries. And football, American football, and boxing obviously have high levels of head injuries, whereas rugby and MMA have lower uh, levels of head injuries. That's a fascinating conversation. Yeah, the reason for that is because whenever you have protection. You're more likely to hit harder. Um, so, for instance, in boxing, you use 16 ounce gloves when you're hitting the heavy bag. You use 12 ounce gloves when you're uh, whenever you're uh, fighting. Yeah. Um, and so, because of that, the gloves really protect your hands more than it protects your opponent's face. And so, well, that, that, and your target is always his head. Well, not just that, but like for instance, in uh, if you do bare knuckle fighting. It's actually there is less head injuries because people won't, are not going to hit you as hard because they're going to break their hands if they hit you. Uh, if I hit you with the full force of my of my my fist mm. against your skull, my hand's going to break. But if I hit you with a full force with a glove on, my hand's not going to break. But I'm going to be able to hit you with a full force several times. Uh, so that's why uh, those gloves are both a good thing and a bad thing because they do provide protection, but not. Uh, but the uh, it's debatable on how the cost benefit analysis of that, and then of course same thing with football. People feel like oh I'm wearing a helmet, uh, and so they tackle wrong, they hit wrong, and so they would do head on collisions. Um, and then of course I've I've had several concussions uh, in playing football. So I I have as well. Um, Bass Rutan would talk about that 
former MMA champion fighter, uh, he would talk about using his head to hurt his opponent because his opponent was uh, playing dirty, fighting dirty. <clears throat> uh, so even among professional fighters, that's a real thing. You know, uh, throwing punches can really hurt. Uh, but uh, the I know we saw the scandal in the American Football Leagues. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of New Orleans. They got busted for having bets on taking the opponent out with their head. <laughs> ah, that's messed up. Like missiles. You know, they would have uh, like a, a like an office pool thing going on. So uh, they intentionally were trying to hurt their opponents. And so we see a lot of head injuries. And they've made a mo- Will Smith played in a movie about that, didn't he? Yes, sir. I can't remember the name of the movie, though. Yeah. I know what you're Whereas about, in though. MMA... You'd think, well, it's a violent sport. Why? Surely that's it's worse. But actually, the uh, the goal of MMA fighters is to subdue their enemy and win the fight, knock them out, possibly, but but not to destroy them. And uh, the uh, the ref will jump in there, so they're throwing these hammer blows. Well, it's only to the extent necessary, not beyond that. And they they jump in and they stop the fight if they if they think it's gotten to that point. So they tend to have less head injuries than boxers or... Um, I think it's because they have less rounds. I don't know. The commentary that I've heard from that community has been that, they, that they're professionals, they're not trying to destroy their enemy, and, and the, uh, the ref is ready and willing to jump in when he thinks it's gone too far. That was the commentary I got. Uh, but rugby, no helmets, no shoulder pads, and they have uh, less head injuries as well. Yeah, because they are more careful. Like, they, like I said, the, the helmet makes you feel like you're invincible and that you can go do head-on collisions when you're not wearing a helmet. You're more yeah. aware of your head and not wanting to smack it against someone else's skull. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, boy. <clears throat> I never, I've gotten hit. breaking his foot the other day, though. I've gotten hit pretty hard in football, and, the boy, it doesn't take much. I've also, in boxing, you know, I've had the, uh, the, the sort of the Tweety Birds flying around my head a couple times from getting clocked, uh, which is always a fun, but... Um, the adrenaline kicks in, and it's Just amazing what happens. Um, but does it, it doesn't take much. Well-placed punch, and it, it can make a difference in your world. Uh, Colin says, look at how McGregor used his shoulders when he was at the top. Lethal. Yeah, McGregor, he's an interesting guy. Uh, broke his foot the other day in the fight. Uh, he at First round, it was crazy. He was um, showboating. Uh, hyping himself up, saying he was going to knock him out the first round. And then literally in the first round, he uh, went for a kick, hit the guy's shin or something like that, and they broke his foot. I was like, dang. Yeah, so that sounds painful. It'd be like that sometimes. Mike K brings up hockey. Now, I've never really followed hockey. I've been to a few hockey games. Um, so I don't know a lot about the sport of hockey. But um, he says there's also serious concussion problems in hockey. Yeah, that makes sense. I never. I don't know anything about hockey though. Being in the South in Houston, um, we've had hockey teams down in Texas. We have, but it's not a, really a sport that anybody cares about or plays. <laughs> wow, I have a friend that Ouch. plays hockey. <laughs> is he from Houston? Yes. Interesting. He, yes, he is from Houston. Yeah, I had some friends that played hockey too, but they weren't from Houston. I had a friend from Canada who lived in Houston and found a Houston team. And uh, we also had used to have the Houston. Uh, was it Arrows? Yes. Um, the hockey team, but that went away when I was in like fourth grade fifth grade i went to one of the games but yeah. now having lived up in new england uh for 10 years every winter you see these you know homemade hockey rinks pop up but canada is pretty notorious for them as well so every like i've seen people turn their barns into hockey arenas i said build they they'll actually build uh, uh like a hockey r- uh, rink in their front yard 
uh, out of wood form, and then they just uh, fill it full of water before an ice storm shows up, and uh, and it freezes over, and they have their own private hockey hockey rink. Um, yeah, so we can pretty, never do that. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, never. I don't know about never. Even but. when it froze the other deer, it would. There's not enough to uh, freeze over <laughs> any ponds. Even uh, <laughs> it was. We don't uh, puddles. We had, yeah. yeah puddles we did. We did have frozen. frozen. <laughs> we did have frozen puddles. Okay. We we can we can test that. <laughs> yeah. That's but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't an insult when I said that nobody cares about hockey here. It's just we don't have hockey here, so we don't even think about it. It's uh, you know out of sight, out of mind. So uh, yeah, most most people I know don't know anything about hockey. So. Everybody's pretty silent on baseball today, though. Uh, how many baseball fans are out there? I don't know. We got on sports because of archery, right? And yes, that's sir. That's, yes, sir. That's how we got on this. But not a lot of conversation. Not a lot of head injuries in baseball for the most part. Thanks be to God. Yeah, but if you get hit with one of those balls, I man, know it. Oh my goodness, going a oh. hundred miles an hour. Holy yes. moly. Or seeing the ball go flying into the stadiums and little kids oh are there. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I had a yes. I had my teacher in uh fourth grade. She ended up missing a day of school because her uh son went to the Yankees game against the Astros and they were there and he, the ball was hit towards him and when he went to go catch it he was like smiling and had his ma- his mouth wide open and went to go catch the ball mm. and it got stuck in his teeth. Uh, oh! So he had to go to the hospital. Oh. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I was like, what? How does that? What? So that was, that's crazy. Terrible. Baseball. Yikes. At least in the other sports, the uh, audience doesn't the audience doesn't typically get hurt. Yeah, yeah. So baseball is the, in baseball. The they actually they're, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a, a contact sport for them for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, man. Crazy. crazy man. But uh, so golf, baseball, these are sports that have been criticized many times for not like your your problem with soccer, not enough action. Um, golf, though. I mean, how many people like watching <laughs> golf? <laughs> My mom signed me up for like this girls' golf club when I was little. Really? <laughs> it was so boring. boring. I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, uh, it was really hot. I'm laughing because uh, Mike said I'm a Cubs fan. I have learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> 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 hey, yeah. but y'all won recently. I know Emily. Uh, whenever the Cubs won, she literally she was at UST. She got a sheet her her sheet from her bed and painted the Cubs on it and hung it outside her window. Really? Uh huh. Oh wow! It's like, and how many people knew what Chicago it was? Cubs. How many people knew what that was? Anybody? Cubs? Yeah, everybody knows Cubbies? the Cubs in Texas. Yeah, come on, everybody knows who the Cubs are. Come they're, on, anyone who knows about baseball knows who the Cubs are. Knows who the? Well, how many people know about baseball anymore? I assume a Ooh, lot ouch. of people. I mean, yeah. baseball is still the most popular sport in America. No, no, is it? I could be wrong. How would I know? I wouldn't know. I'm like Buddy, Buddy, uh, Buddy Canine. I'm saying it correct now. Praise be to God. Uh, he says he's not following sports because of how political it is. I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah, same. I I never really enjoyed uh, watching sports too much, uh, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me to stop watching sports. My dad and my my dad and my brother uh, love watching sports, specifically football and basketball. Those are the two main ones. Oh, I played basketball too. I forgot about that. Um, I used to love college football in the '90s. I, I was a big fan of Notre Dame and uh, the Gold Helmets. Loved watching those games on Saturdays. Rudy? Yeah, buddy, Rudy. Whew. I went to a few uh, Texas A&M games when I was in high school, and I loved – it's one of the things I love about football is the – at least not – I mean, 
not at the professional level, but on the uh, college level or high school level even, the energy in the stadium, the camaraderie, the esprit de corps, the, uh, the traditions that come around that particular team. You know, I love that in um, at my school, Judson High School, where I went to uh, high school in outside San Antonio. You know, we had like a cannon that we would blast off. It was like an air cannon or something. And then we'd do push-ups and push-up squads, <laughs> all steal- stealing it all from Texas A&M, of course. So when you go to a real game at uh, at the stadium at Texas A&M, it, it's like it, it's like it's on steroids. It's just the excitement is so high. It's so and the the marching band and all of it reminds me of soccer games. <laughs> Not even close. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you're so brutal, man. You're like Saint Jerome, or uh, so patron funny. saint of curmudgeons. I need. Yeah, he, he needs to be my patron saint. Is there a patron saint of anti soccer? Is that a well? Thing? Okay, here's the thing though. Uh, on soccer, you guys, soccer uh, countries that take soccer more seriously, uh, UK, Ireland, Colin. I'm thinking of your your hometown. Uh, the the uh, what do you call the uh, the fans that get into fights all the time? Like that's been a real trend around the world. The bagar. Major major fights have broken out. Stadiums have collapsed as a result of the shenanigans that go on. You guys take that very very seriously. Brazil. It was wasn't there a soccer player that got shot because he ended up accidentally scoring a goal in his own team on a major game. He gets off the airplane, comes to the airport, and gets shot. I did that in middle school basketball. Insane. All right, well, there we go. After show is all sports all the time. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Uh, I do know that uh, we're going to do an election audit with somebody from PragerU, right? She's also with Texas uh, Right to Life and um, True the Vote. So all right. So look forward to it. We're looking forward to that tomorrow morning. Tune in 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Catholic Drive Time. Share us with a friend. We'd be grateful. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us.